Welcome to another episode of In the Mouth of the Wolf podcast, a program dedicated to the human-animal interaction, dogs, wolves, canine science, the ecosystem and environmental awareness. Whether you are a dog parent or a caregiver, a dog worker, an animal lover or worker, or an environmentally friendly person or activist, this program is for you. If you are none of those things, but you happen to be listening, this podcast is for you too. The program is brought to you by AEDC, Anthrozoology Education Dogs Canines, and here is your host, Marco Hadda. I am a canine researcher, dog behavior consultant, animals advocate and rescuer, and I've helped thousands of people in setting up a wonderful relationship with their dogs and other animals. Today we have a very special episode. I'm going to introduce the podcast to Stories of Dogs, a show and a book probably I have been working on for a while. This particular episode is on the story of Lampo, the traveling dog. But as you will listen, the dogs not just are extraordinary animals, but they are also a vehicle to reflect upon life, history and other relevant topics. All the contents you will hear in this episode are authored by me, so if you have any complaints or appreciation, don't hesitate to contact me. I would appreciate some help from you, and there are some immediate ways you can support this program. First, on whatever platform you are listening to it, like this episode, put a little heart or a little thumbs up, whatever is the way to like that episode on that platform and subscribe to the podcast. This costs you nothing and will keep you posted on every new episode as soon as they go live. Please share this episode if you like and make other people aware of this program. Secondly, and importantly, you can become a supporter, a sponsor or a co-author of the podcast meaning that you can suggest and we can work together on a specific aspect you would like for more awareness to be generated or a story you want to hear on this program. Some people have already expressed the wish to support the program and we are working around a media kit to make the support proposal easy and transparent. So if you are interested in supporting or sponsoring the program, just drop us a message, a personal message, or a general message, whatever message, a request message, and write me to marcogerardoada at gmail.com. You can find this email also in the description, and we will figure things out. Thank you for your support, for your time, for your patience, for listening. And now, let's listen our intro and enjoy the episode.
Lampo was a free dog, a mongrel with a piebald coat, so to speak, who became famous for having made numerous train journeys across Italy by himself. For that reason, Lampo was nicknamed the Railroad Dog, or perhaps you have heard of him as Lampo, the Traveling Dog. Lampo was probably born in 1950, and he lived in the 50s in a town in Tuscany, Italy. Those years were the years of economic boom for Italy. Anyway, nobody knew anything about the first three years of Lampo's life. He must have been around to learn about various places, various human beings, a sort of canine messiah who at certain point appears, and where he appears, everything changes because everything changed. It is not unusual that when a dog appears, everything changes. And if you're listening to this story, maybe you know something about it, don't you? A canine messiah? I don't want to be tedious, but three years for a medium-sized dog equals about 33 human years. I don't know if that reminds you of anything... Long story short, Lampo appeared in the Campiglia Maritima station on a day in August 1953, getting off a wagon of a freight train passing by. The vice station master of the train station, Mr. Elvio Barletani, who saw people, professionals, workers, lawyers, businessmen and tourists getting off the many trains or goods, Food, fabrics, metals. Let's not forget that that was the time for Italy to have its economic boom. And so trains transported every sort of materials, right? But in short, Mr. Alvio Berletani has seen many things coming with those trains, right? He probably saw also some dogs getting off those trains on a leash with their humans but not a free-ranging, independent, lively, fit dog. In short, he was intrigued by this dog and was persuaded by his daughter, a young girl, Myrna, to put the dog in safety in his office. Now, the railway regulation obviously would not have allowed such a license for a dog, right? Such a permission for a dog, right? But we know how those things go. The dog was allowed to stay there, in the office, only for one night, Mr. Elvio said. There is something that happens to us when we say only for one night, just for one night, just for one day, just for, just for a week, just for a month, and in the end, a dog becomes part of our family. And so it happened to Lampo, just for one night, and the Berletani family who, by the way, already had another dog, a German shepherd named Tiger, Tigre in Italian. Uh, this, is, this, this too is a trait that maybe can resonate with some of you, right? Uh, there is already a dog, then another dog comes in, in, in your place just for one night, just for one week, and then it happens to become part of your family. But anyway, the Berletani family adopted the second dog, right? And they called him Lampo because of his shredness and his speed. Lampo in Italian means flash, 
lightning, but better to say flash. And he was fast as a flash, when just for fun he ran after trains. But Lampo was more than that, way more than that. Lampo learned train timetables and could distinguish slow trains from fast trains and he could recognize the dining cars of trains where he went to ask the crew for food. Of course, he did. Almost every morning, Lampo boarded the train in Campiglia Maritima to go to Piombino, a town a few miles or kilometers away, if you prefer, to accompany Myrna, the little girl, to school, and then he returned to Campiglia Maritima with the train in the opposite direction. Every day, Lampo boarded the trains to different locations, different directions, traveling along through numerous railway lines, and then generally he returned at the end of the day, or perhaps the next day, always by train to Campiglia Maritima, often also going to the Burletani house just to say hello, the house, no longer the office, the house, or staying in the surroundings of the station. After a few years, everyone knew Lampo. The railway workers, the passengers, the staff of the station, the cooks of the restaurant wagons, of course, God knows how they knew him, because Lampo knew how to distinguish the restaurant cars of all trains. Yet, that is always a yet or but, yet, as we know, often the practice does not go well with the norm. And therefore, after a few years, the management of the railway department of Florence, of Florence, forced Elvio Barletani to remove the dog from the station. Lampo was initially put on a freight train directed to Naples. And who knows, maybe Lampo also got there in Naples. Maybe he saw the beautiful city of Naples in the 50s, an amazing city, still nowadays, but in the 50s. Maybe he got off the train in Naples, he took a ride in the city, perhaps he crossed the path with the film crew of Vittorio De Sica, the great cinematic movie director of the Italian neorealism, who was filming The Gold of Naples in 1955. Perhaps someone from that troupe threw him some leftover, or who knows, maybe Sophia Loren, or Antonio de Curtis, the prince, Toto. You have a great taste if you know Sophia Loren and Toto, who were protagonists um, on that movie. Maybe they saw him, maybe they saw Lampo, maybe they caressed Lampo. Who knows, maybe Lampo arrived in Naples, but in fact Lampo returned to Campiglia after a few days. He knew where to take trains and which one to take, so putting him on a freight train to Naples was a bit like sending him on a holiday. It didn't work. And then they thought of putting him on a train that would go even farther, as far as possible towards southern Italy. The train would arrive in Puglia, where there was also the hope that somebody that Mr. Elvio Berletani knew could take care of 
Lampo. So that day, many people went to the station, to the trail station, to the rail station, and they went at the departing train to greet Lampo, to say goodbye to Lampo. This time, for good. Lampo made some attempts to get off that train, but it was blocked. We know how those things go, don't we? Sometimes we are forced to stay. Sometimes we are forced to go. That day, that was the side for Lampo. He was forced to go. And it was made, that decision, for the sake of his freedom. They didn't want Lampo to become a garden dog, a leash dog. No. They wanted Lampo to remain free as he had always been. The way he had always done. On trains. It was a compromise. A very bitter compromise. But a compromise. It was what it was. The train left. And so Lampo was no longer in the station. That worked. But the station without Lampo, those trains without that dog going up and down, became so sad. And in fact, everybody was missing Lampo. But that worked. For a while. After five months of sadness, Lampo reappeared again, obviously getting off a train at the Campiglia Maritima station. Everyone had a crash on him, everyone was enthusiastic and everyone was happy. And at that point, Lampo officially became the mascot of the railway station. Well, it took a while for Lampo to recover. He was exhausted, tired by that long journey. He missed for a few months. He lost weight. Nobody knew where he, 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 he was. He had been in, in those months, months of winter, so cold months. But there were rumors that somebody had seen him in Puglia, actually where he was sent, or in Calabria region, still in the very south of Italy. Anyway... Little by little, Lampo regained his shape and he started to do again what he was doing before, taking trains every day, traveling in different directions and using Campiglia Maritima Station as his headquarters. And his story attracted the attention of the media and expanded rapidly and intrigued journalists from all over the world. And many of them dedicated television services, articles, and newspaper cover to Lampo. Just think that in November 1958, for example, the RAI, the main TV, radio, television, TV station channel in Italy, broadcast a service dedicated to Lampo as part of its main show for children named Giramondo Children's Newsreel. And now all of a sudden, all the people, all the kids around Italy knew about Lampo. 
and incredible to believe, but now that Lamp was famous, it was also possible to reconstruct a part of his previous story, because in fact Lamp was recognized in the media by a homeless man from the port of Livorno, the main city, 30 miles or 50 kilometers north of Campiglia Maritima, who wanted to meet Mr. Berletani and told him that he had kept the dog with him for some time. After seeing the dog getting off a US ship that landed in Livorno in 1951. Lampo came from the US? Is that a possibility? A one year old dog that takes a ship from the US to Italy to change something in his life? Already an existential crisis? Or he just wanted to visit a little bit the world, or um, he was uh, bothered by something, who knows. Maybe he was bothered by what happened in uh, on January 27th, 1950, when a nuclear testing at the Nevada test site began with a one kiloton bomb dropped on Frenchman flat northwest of Las Vegas. Or maybe he didn't like, in 1950, between June and July, when in New Mexico, Arizona, California, Oregon, Washington, and British Columbia, thousands and thousands of hectares of forest were destroyed by wildfires. Or maybe because in 1950, December 31st, the Marshall Plan was going to expire after having distributed more than 13.3 billion in foreign aid to rebuild Europe after World War II. So maybe Lampo decided to visit Europe and check on how the reconstruction was going. Or perhaps Lampo had left from an Italian port before coming back to Italy with the same boat, accompanying an Italian migrant's family to America who had perhaps arrived in New York and had settled later still around New York um, State, maybe in Buffalo, who knows. Maybe Lampo did not like that city. Perhaps they did not find him on the ship when they arrived in New York. Oh wait, that I don't like. A dog who accompanies his human on a trip like that, such a long trip across the ocean, is found for sure when it's time to get off the boat. He wants to be with his family, of course. No, no, I don't like that version. But maybe they, those migrants from Italy, they realized that when they arrived in New York that they could not bring the dog off the boat, that the, the authorities would not have allowed that. And so they left the dog on the boat so the, the dog could, could, could return to Italy. And then those Italians by themselves, they, they, settled to, they settled in Buffalo, and who knows how else it could have gone. The point being that when Lampo became famous, anonymous people from Buffalo, U.S. sent a large, very large American-sized box of biscuits destined to Lampo, delivered in Campiglia Maritima station. In 1951, Lampo must have been a one-year-old dog. Did he ever took that boat? 
maybe was brought on that boat by a member of the crew, or maybe the captain. Perhaps he had boarded that ship by himself, as he was doing later with trains. But let's make the case that he was on that boat. One way or two way, doesn't matter. What he had realized, it was that by boat, travels are so long and you're always in the same place. While in fact with trains he could get on and off as he wanted, where he wanted and visit a lot of places in the same day. And so he spent his life traveling by train and being based, having as an headquarter, Campiglia Maritima. The trains were his friends, the trains were where he had fun, where he felt safe, where he felt free. Lampo died in 1961, on the evening of July 22, in Campiglia Maritima, the station he knew most of all, his headquarters, his home, hit by a freight train making a maneuver. At least, that's what was said. He was buried in the shade of an acacia tree. Acacia trees provide good shade and are good for meditation too if you want to sit calmly under a tree. Or they are good for bees that suck the nectar from the tree and turn that into honey, acacia honey. And this is what I like to think. This is what I envision and what I wish that the spirit of Lampo continued to travel in the nectar of the flowers of the acacia tree that bees suck and transformed into acacia honey. That was the official version of Lampo's death, but I never believed that version. I never believed that a dog who had trains as a game and stations as a home could be hit by a train. Shortly after his death, the railway workers made a fundraising and US magazine this week launched a fundraising too. With those funds, a monument in memory of Lampo was inaugurated at the Campiglia Maritima station. It is still there nowadays. The statue was made by the sculptor Andrea Spadini. In 1962, one year after Lampo's death, the human friend of Lampo, Mr. Elvio Barletani, published the book Lampo, Cane Viaggiatore. The title translates as Lampo, the Traveling Dog. With the publishing house Garzanti, one of the main publishing houses in Italy. That book was an editorial success, republished in about 15 editions until 2009. In 1967, the story of Lampo was fictionalized by the Polish writer Roman Pizersky in the short story Obsiektori Jerzil Kolejczyk. 
I'm not quite sure that the pronunciation is right, but the translation is on the dog who traveled by train. And for a few years, that very story was compulsory reading in the third grade classes in all Poland. Mr. Elvio Berletani died too in 2006. But in the meantime, his book had already been translated into English, Lampo the Traveling Dog, French, Lampo Chien Voyageur, German, Japanese, and other languages. And I quote from the book. Lampo just wanted to live in a different way. Traveling to learn not only a little of our world, but also about life and feelings of humans. Mr. Elvio Barletani. And that's the book I read at school when I was 11 years old. And inevitably, it is one of the cornerstones that has influenced my life and my devotion to the canine species forever. And this story I dedicate to all of the free dogs I met and carry in my heart. Charlie, Nero, Lucky, Arnold, Baobab, Jamaica, Shogun, Lisa, Lampo, and all of the others' dogs who live free. Wherever you are, go, Lampo, fast and free. Go. Here is your host Marco Adda and this is In the Mouth of the Wolf podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and uh, please let me know what aspect you liked most, what, what, what moment of the story and what other story you would like to hear on this podcast. Please support this program by reviewing the podcast, by reviewing this episode, by writing a comment, by subscribing to the podcast, whatever platform you're using to listen. And if you have any ideas or uh, other comments, write to my personal email, marcogerardoada at gmail.com. We are happy to receive any comment, any suggestion for future episodes. And if you wish to sponsor one or more episodes, don't forget to express your interest and get, with, get in touch with me so we can discuss that with great pleasure. We want for this podcast to be the voice of the community. That's for sure. The member, metaphorically speaking, the mouth of the wolf is the safest place you may happen to be. Stay tuned. Be foolish and alive. Stay wolfy. <laughs>